Coming up this week off screen, Simon Pegg gets godlike powers in absolutely anything. Adam Sandler takes on an 8-bit alien invasion in Pixels. Amy Schumer deals with commitment issues in Trainwreck. And Guy Ritchie introduces us to The Man From Uncle. All with some more coming up off screen. This is... This is off screen. Off screen. The latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Welcome to Offscreen. I'm Van Connor. My name is Case Allen. So, should we start with the Man from Uncle, then, Mister Allen? Let's do it. Yeah. Are you Are you familiar with the original series with the Man? From uh, yeah, I am actually. Yeah, I'm not. My my uh, former boss actually lent me a uh, like a DVD. Uh, the first season oh, so I watched it yeah yeah in preparation for this oh okay so yeah, yeah. so I, yeah really good yeah and I think the film kind of nails the tone kind of modernises it a little bit um, yeah right so okay for those who are unfamiliar this is Guy Ritchie's uh, you know writing and directing job he has rebooted The Man from Uncle he has got Henry Cavill Army Hammer mm. and Alicia Vikander as the central trio and then you've got a cast which includes Jared Harris Hugh Grant uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Debicki, Debicki. Yeah. And who else is in there that I'm forgetting? I feel like I'm forgetting someone, but never mind, we'll mm. get to them. So, basic plot, it is the height of the Cold War, it is the early 60s. You have an American spy, Napoleon Solo, which is the greatest Such name Such a good ever. name. Such a good name. And then you've got uh, the Russian spy, the KGB agent, played by Army Hammer, who is Ilya Powell, I was uh, Kurienko. Kurienko. They yeah. call him Powell at one point. We call and him uh, Red Powell. The Powell. Like his... uh, okay, yeah. that's it. And uh, they are forced you know, to team up from opposite, opposite sides of the mm. Berlin Wall to take on a new threat in the form the missing scientist who may or may not have discovered a way to weaponize uranium and give nuclear capabilities <laughs> to ooh, nefarious bad guys. Here's a clip. Soviet architect traveling to Rome would never dress his woman in the clothes you try to put her in. You try to dress her like someone on your side thinks someone dressed behind the Iron Curtain. She's from behind the Iron Curtain. That doesn't mean she wants to bring it with her. We need two purses, please, and every day clutch and grab the belt. I no, no, not at yours. The Ravan. You can't put a Paco Rabanne belt on a Batuu. She's not going to wear a Batuu. What's wrong with a Batuu? Nothing. If you're fat, that your goes with a Rabanne. It won't match. It doesn't have to match. Yeah. Army Hammer and Henry Cavill discussing the finer points of women's wardrobes. <laughs> Which is not something I ever thought I'd it's see. It's one of the funny parts of the film as well. It's very funny, yeah. isn't it? So, and that's the thing, it is a very funny film. It's very tongue-in-cheek. It is very tongue-in-cheek, yeah. but a lot of the comedy seems to come from the, the interpersonal stuff rather mm. than the out-and-out action stuff. So, yeah, definitely. So, for instance, because obviously the logical comparison point with this is Kingsman. Mm. You kind of have to compare it to Yeah, Kingsman, especially coming out this year as well. I know, this year. Mm. And that was Matthew Vaughan, who is Guy Ritchie's former yeah. Yeah, it's, it's strange. a weird little mm. thing, isn't it? Um, so, on the casting front, how did you find this one? Um, I found it really, really well cast. Um, it's been one of those films that's been in development hell for years and years. It had, hasn't it? Yeah, George Clooney was attached to be solo at one point. Ryan Gosling was attached. And Henry Cavill, I think, is... He's really kind of fit, yeah. I mean, Henry Cavill's having a lot of fun. In fact, they, they're all having fun. The central trio are having a lot of fun. So mm. Army Hammer, you can tell, is loving the hell out of this. He loves doing that dodgy he Russian... Love, <laughs> yeah. He loves doing this voice. He does slip out of it a couple of times, <laughs> he kind of does, but it? It, it weirdly works. But Henry Cavill's yeah. got so much swagger to him. 
Yeah. Himself. Well, this this is a man who was considered for Bruce Wayne and James Bond, and then became Superman. and then became Soups. So <laughs> I think it's fine to have him. Being Although a I have to point out, in 2015, there is something slightly disappointing with the idea that neither Superman nor the Lone Ranger have anywhere <laughs> near the screen presence of the formal of the recent until recently unknown Swedish actress, mm. who for me walks away with this film because she's brilliant. Yeah. The, the worst thing about her being in this film is probably now we'll never get to see her in a remake of The Avengers as Emma Peel, oh, which would be, be my dream casting. I would have uh, Rebecca Ferguson. You'd have Rebecca Ferguson? Yeah. I don't know. Definitely. I'd go with Vikander because yeah. you're that young... I do like Vikander. She yeah. is so good in this. She has such yeah. screen presence. She mm. is an old school star yeah. with a bit of the modern Euro appeal. She's got a lot of sass about her. She's got some She's sass. Some sass yeah. and, uh, so anyway, Guy Ritchie's direction. I love it. I love it in this film. Yeah. It's, it is that direction as well that you can. You have seen this evolve so recently as well because mm. it feels like lock stock was only five or so years. Yeah, something like the edits and stuff. It is. It's, it's, yeah. uh, you've seen that style that begins with lock stock and it's grown through. For instance, mm. the likes of uh, Snatch, which is where he really amped it up. Yeah. And then he sort of lulled a bit and came back with Sherlock Holmes, where he went full Hollywood. Yeah. And now but now it works with this. I feel like he's taken what he's learned from Sherlock Holmes, and now it's been kind of like sheen. It's Britishized. It's Britishized. As it were. I think it's um, a strangely British yeah. film, isn't it? Well? I can't wait to see what he does with uh, King Arthur next. That, is, yeah. that is the next thing as well. <laughs> I'd say the worst thing about it is it's come out in the same year as Kingsman, but that's not its fault. Um, I it's the year of spies. It is so, the year I mean, people are going to say the worst thing about Kingsman has come out the same year as Spectre. Yes, so, there is that. So we've got Spectre to come yeah. as well. Um, I don't think it's got the, 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 the rollicking momentum of Kingsman. But it is in its own. I think it's got the sexy, stylish, fun side of it mm. down better than Kingsman. It's, it's did. a different kind of flake, really. It does. It yeah. succeeds in the areas that Kingsman didn't, and vice versa. And it's weird because the two films make up one collective. Yeah, sort of I would love to watch it like a double bill. Yeah, that, that, I could see it happen. That'd be great. Um, it it's so fantastically like stylized. Mm. Um, just for like the opening credits with the red and black. Very much it's so. Incredible. And Hugh Grant. Mm. And if, did you ever think we'd live to see a day in which Hugh Grant <laughs> appearing on screen was met with cheers? Uh, Cloud Atlas. <laughs> Let's not go there. No. On to the film news then. Mm. So, shall we have a look at what's going on in in the world of cine? This the world week? of cine. So, oh, we've got the Dolph Lundgren news. We've, we've got to talk about. Oh this. my goodness! Dolph Lundgren yeah. is the new kindergarten cop. He is going to be in the direct DVD sequel. Of course, it's direct to DVD. Well, that's the is it still direct to DVD in this day and age? Is it, is it or just straight online? Just I, I call VOD. it VOD. I call it VOD yeah. now. It's so changed. Yeah, now, isn't right? the VOD sequel yeah. to Kindergarten Cop? Is it going to be Kindergarten Cop Two? Kindergarten it's Cop gonna have some First kind of, Grade. Very. It's got to have some kind of subtitle. It's got to be First Grade or. Kindergarten Cop, colon, graduation day. They've released what the plot is, but I can't. It was that forgettable, I can't. <laughs> I can't even talk about it. Okay, uh, oh, a spokesperson for HBO has confirmed that early discussions mm. are underway to bring back Deadwood yes. uh, to the big screen. So. Which I never I never saw. So I, I never did, I never yeah. saw it. But, but it's, it's only like 36 episodes long, so yeah, well, you can I mean, on a weekend. The thing really, for me, you? I've seen clips of it, I'm like, why am I not watching that? Yeah. It's awesome. I love that, that I love John Hawks, I love him, actually. Like, well, I'm a big Timothy Oliphant fan. All fantastic, um, yeah. And all fantastic, yeah. See, yeah, we watch this is the problem yeah. with two nerds <laughs> no. who watch the same thing. Mm. So we, we both get that Kevin Smith reference. Yeah. All fantastic. Um, oh, Neighbours Two: Colon Sorority Rising. Yeah, uh, not a fan of that subtitle. Not a fan of that subtitle. No. Um, well, we've got all the cast coming back. We had Zac Efron as yeah. announced coming back. Seth Rogen, Roseburn, uh, Dave Franco. Dave is Franco back. is now been mm. uh, confirmed as coming back as well, which I'm quite happy about. Yeah, yeah. Dave Franco. I like Dave Franco. I like Dave Franco. I'm not a big fan of Chloe Moretz being like the leader of a female. 
I don't know. Sorry, I think I there are enough women in the world who despise Chloe Moretz yeah. that if you cast her as the villain in this kind of film... If she's going to be the out-and-out out villain... I, 30 Rock great. style. I think it's going to be like when she was in 30 Rock. Oh, when she's Donaghy's nemesis. Yeah, I think that, it's That be. kind of worked, yeah. but um, I, 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 I think since then, her annoying factor has just been... Upped. In fact, get Alec Baldwin in as Rose Byrne's dad... That, oh, and, yes, please. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want Alec Baldwin in every film. Get him to do his Mission Impossible voice. Exactly. Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> now, consider your answer carefully. Where is Hunt? Yes. That's how he says Hunt. He's just... Because it sounds like another word, and it's, it's mm. very unfortunate. Right, Zach Galifianakis. Mm. I love this news. I love this news. Because this film is shaping up to be so good. Yeah. So, Zach Galifianakis has been cast as the voice of the Joker for the yes. Lego Batman movie, which is going to star Will Arnett as Batman in his Lego movie mm. spin off, and Michael Cera as, as Robin. Robin. Yeah. And can we please get Neil Patrick Harris as Nightwing now? Please. That would be incredible. So good. He has done Nightwing before. He's done a couple of things for uh, the Batman series, like the animated series. Well, he was. Uh, music music he, Meister? Or I think he's, done, he's done The Flash as well in one of them. Yeah. And he, he just Dude's got a good voice for oh God, animation, yeah. hasn't he? So. so, oh, Mark Wahlberg as well. Mark Wahlberg's got a new role. He's going to be in an upcoming cop comedy. You know, the kind of genre he's not done before. Never, no. no it, was, it wasn't in the other guys, was he? No, no, no it wasn't it was somebody else. Was, yeah. Yeah. Matt, Matt Damon. That was Donnie Wahlberg. That was Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg. Donnie Wahlberg yeah. was in. Was somebody in give Donnie Wahlberg a film. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that. Donnie Wahlberg has a more stable career than Mark Wahlberg if you count well, the TV true, show. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, so Mark Wahlberg is going to start in a movie called Partners oh, yeah. about an LAPD cop who <laughs> sleeps with someone he's then assigned as a partner. So that, that'll okay, that but... chestnut, you know? Yeah. Which I'm. Why not just make an other guy's sequel and have that happen? And have that, yeah. Yeah. And then we get Will Ferrell back and Ava Mendes. And... I don't know how well other guys was received. I don't know. Did you like other guys? I didn't when I saw it at the cinema, and then uh, when I watched it on Netflix, actually, I quite liked it. I quite enjoyed it. But I think, I think it's, you know what? It's a grow and nice show. That's how I describe it. <laughs> On to Pixels, then, mm. Mr. Allen, which is yeah. uh, it was, it was kind of midweek big release. Was it? It, was, it, was uh, it was on Wednesday, yeah. Okay, so Pixels, which if you're not familiar with, it's the exact plot of the Futurama episode, well, Futurama mm. short, uh, Raiders of the Lost Arcade, in which <laughs> yeah. Aliens... Which is great. It is great, and uh, although I think uh, it was Wilson who said, if you could do it in seven minutes, why do you need a nearly two-hour film to do it? I think that, that perfectly sums it, <laughs> it up. It kind of sums <laughs> it up. Um, although, they say there's been a lot of snootiness around the film that doesn't need to be, the film is perfectly fine mm. um, right so this is basically uh, a, a probe one of our uh, video probes has been shot into space in the 80s containing amongst its recordings footage of a video game arcade championship aliens have inter- misinterpreted this as a challenge have manufactured their own versions of 8-bit video game characters and have sent them to earth as their competitors and they are challenging the, the human race to a war of video games effectively only they misinterpret what video games are as a solution, the president, aka Kevin James, aka King of Queens, King of Queens, <laughs> King of Queens to President of Queens, mm-hmm. um, enlists the help of his best friend Adam Sandler, who's a former uh, childhood video game champion, and their merry band to fight for the human race. Here's a clip. In exchange for helping us, I will personally speak to the parole board about reducing your sentence. Pass. Pass. That deal don't work for Eddie Plant. You want the fire blaster's help? He has some demands. Demands? I want an island. Mm. You're not getting an island. Then I want a full pardon. I want to get out of here for good. And after I do, I don't want to pay no taxes, like, forever. And lastly, I want you to set up a romantic rendezvous between me, Serena Williams, and Martha Stewart in the Lincoln bedroom. 
Peter yeah. Dinklage there making <clears throat> some demands. And right, I need mm. to get this out of the way good and early. Dinklage is probably the worst thing about the film. See, you have the only person I've heard that has said uh, said that because everyone else, of course, has been like, "Oh, it's a classic Sandler film," and Dinklage saves it. No, this is yeah. the thing because what I'm, what I'm Sandler's doing here is he's not doing the oh my God, sort of a role. He's yeah. not doing the screechiness. Instead, he's basically playing Fry from Futurama, of all things. And it turns out, yeah. actually, he's schlubby enough to actually make a good go of it. Okay. <laughs> you consider Adam Sandler's natural personality, he kind of works. Yeah. You've got Josh Gad, who's doing that sort of... He's just shouting, from what I've seen in the trailer. Well, I, I like him, he just... Works. Yeah. Although he, he is kind of... By doing the shouty thing that Sandler normally does, he kind of proves that he's actually funnier than Adam Sandler was. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, yeah, so it kind of tells you what you need to know. Really, there. I mean, there's there's a Sean Bean cameo which which is just mystifying and features a line of dialogue that I swear to God you're going to be debating long after the film is over. And then okay. there's Michelle Monaghan who is given the most thankless token girl role ever. <laughs> She's just there to look pretty and wear a lab coat. And, and literally that, but none of this comes close to the greatest piece of gender politics, you, gender politicking, sorry, that you've ever seen, in which a beloved video game character, and I do mean beloved video game character, is literally turfed aside and physically morphed into a mute, literal trophy wife for one of the schlubby leads. That is actually a thing that yeah, happens. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. You can now. probably guess it from the promotional materials. Yeah, Having absolutely. said that, it's a lot of fun. It is. It's a bit of a blast. It's, mm. it's sort of vintage Chris Columbus. I see. It does. It does feel like like an eighties, nineties throwback. But now the technology is sort come of to there, a point. Yeah. yeah, and it has that that sort of fun old school family film mentality. Although weirdly, I think for for some reasons of crassness, it is rated twelve A. Yeah, but it is. An, it's a full on family film with just mm. a few moments that sort of. Tip Wish it, it over. felt more like a Chris Columbus film than an Adam Sandler film. I just feel whenever you put Adam Sandler film now, thing. He, people just say it's an Adam Sandler. That's film. the thing. He's not that big an intrinsic part of it that because he could literally be anyone. It just happens to be Adam Sandler. Mm. And frankly, you could have swapped him out with Vince Vaughn, and nobody would have noticed. Um, <laughs> I would I would love Adam Sandler. You really Vince rather Vaughan, Adam Sandler yeah, than Vince Vaughn? Uh, oh yeah. I, I could. I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence with that one. Yeah. And we weren't alone. There are other people who have sort of given it a, a, a fair assessment and not uh, just necessarily not just been like, oh, it's Kevin it. James president, and, which I still bloody mystified. Yeah, I, I really want to see a movie about how Kevin James got elected president. That is a comedy the prequel. But, yeah, yeah, we the could Pixels do that. Prequel. Yeah. But, uh, so beats Barack Obama <laughs> exactly. So Ben Halford uh, messaged in yeah, uh, okay. to, to to thank us for not. We like Ben. Ben's a like good man. Him, yeah, uh, and who's he's evidently not an Adam Sandler fan, but he mm. said actually, do you know what? It's not that he's not a good performer. It's that he sticks you know to what he's good at rather than uh, he sticks to you know where the good money is rather than what he's good at. Do yeah. you think okay, fair enough. I'm, I'm fair assessment. That. Yeah, that's a very fair assessment. And even he seems to agree with us that it's not a revolutionary departure for Adam Sandler, but he does seem to be toning it down a little bit. And that it works because of that. I'm inclined to agree, to be honest. Hmm. But uh, say, I very much enjoy Pixels. It is basically Ghostbusters with video games. And if you consider okay. the last time someone tried this was Evolution, which was Ghostbusters with aliens. Hey, I, I love that as a kid. Actually, well, you same thing. Okay, you know what? It's Even Dan Aykroyd shows up in that film. Well, that's it. But yeah. no one, no one's saying this is as good as Ghostbusters. And I don't think, by all means, do not go no. and expect it to be as good as Ghostbusters. But you know what? It's a perfectly fun little family film. Take the kids, spring for the IMAX 3D, and you know what? You'll you'll pop to the arcade after. Why not? Yeah. What's not to love? Should we do the top ten? Let's then? do the top ten. Yeah. Okay, let's do this. Number ten. 
Amy. Amy, which has come back in after Rick Zippinale for six weeks. Now. And I've still not seen it. I've heard, it's, I've heard it's, it's heartbreaking. I've heard that, again, it's torn the White House family asunder. And and you know what? Yeah. You heard right. It, it, is, it is heartbreaking. It's a very, very good documentary. And okay. from uh, Asa Kapadia, uh, who brought us. Absolutely love uh, Senna. Yeah, yeah, Senna, then perfectly, perfectly understandable. It is as good as it is. Mm. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it again when it hits home release or on demand. But uh, yeah. until then, I will just treasure the memory that it was a really, really solid documentary. Number nine. Militarizing those dinosaurs in fucking IMAX 3D Jurassic World. There's a cracked article during the rounds this week. Oh, okay. um, what is it? It's six movie villain plots which don't make any sense. And would you believe it? Militarizing <laughs> raptors. Is, is that in... like number one? <laughs> I think it's number four. Because number okay. six is Thanos gives away his only Infinity Stone twice, mm. which uh, has annoyed me both times. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, Jurassic World, I really love it. Uh, I can't wait for the sequel. Which apparently will just feature more of the same, more militarizing the dinosaurs. Yeah, well, I, I, I quite like that idea. I want, I just want to see like raptors with rocket launchers strapped to them. <laughs> That's going to happen, yeah. Rambo raptors. Rambo raptors, that's what I want to see. But uh, no, it could be interesting. Number eight. We're not even going to talk about it, so Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, you know what? It's still happening. It's it's still going it's still on. There. Still making the same amount of money. Yeah. Number seven. Minions. You've still not seen this one, I take it? No. Well, I like it. It's fun. It's flimsy. It's, it's I'll, I will watch it for you at some point. You should. Yeah. So you should. I might, I, might, I might try this week. I say try if there's absolutely nothing else at all. Do or do not. There is no there try. There is no try. <laughs> Did you learn nothing from Secret Cinema's Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> we said we weren't going to talk about Empire Strikes Back. Sorry. 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 Fight Club rules. Fight Club rules. Yeah. Number six. Ant-Man. I loved Ant-Man. You, you were a big fan. I'm a big, big fan. Time, yeah. And Cass was a big fan. Mm. And uh, It's my favourite Marvel cast. Is definitely. it a Marvel cast? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm still yeah. stuck with the first Iron Man. I, I love that cast. I, I mean, it's my what, in, including uh, Terrence Howard? In t- including Terrence Howard. I love yeah. the first Iron Man movie. Although yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me that, uh, that uh, Terrence Howard is younger, is physically younger than mm. Tony Stark. Because it should be the other way around if he's a boy yeah. genius. Yeah. Then no. Okay, but never mind. We'll not go there. Yeah. Uh, no, Ant Man, a lot of fun. Can't wait for you know the sequel. Can't wait for the character to turn up in other Can't films. Wait. Yeah, for Civil War. Yeah, I yeah. think that's going to really move his character. Along. And I think despite all of the production troubles it had, it turned out pretty well. Unlike mm. another film in the top ten, which we'll get to later. Yeah. <laughs> Number five. Uh, Joe Edgerton's uh, first directorial film, uh, The Gift. The Gift. Right. Okay. I, I I finally got to see this last week. Mm. So it is written by Joel Edgerton. It is produced by Joel Edgerton. It is directed by Joel Edgerton. And he, he did the theme tune. Write the theme tune, film, sang yeah. the theme tune. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? It's a film of two halves. The first half is this standard, you know, early nineties R-rated adult, uh, you know, sort of suburban thriller. Yeah. The second half is this really nasty, really messed up psychological horror movie. Yeah. And the second half is a lot more fun than the first, which is strange. I love a good throwback. Yeah, I love a good kind of like stalker nineties yeah. thriller. Yeah, like yeah, something like Pacific Heights or, uh, <laughs> yeah. or Northful Entry. Uh, the fan. I was, yeah, the yeah fan, I love yeah. the fan. Like when yeah. Scorsese took a pop it as well. Mm, and, yeah, yeah. Which is weird because he'd already done Cape Fear. So, but yeah. yeah, I guess uh, one hour photo as well. I guess that yeah, kind of all these yeah. same kind of films. This is very it's much after the first half, and yeah. the, the second half is really messed up. You don't quite know where it where it's going to go, and there's a zone that you don't think it will go into, and oh, it does. Oh, oh it does really gleefully, and it is a terrifying end. I would check it out though. Number four. Jake John Hall in uh, Southpaw. Which, you know, it's Rocky Three with Adrian's murder. That's the best way to describe it. It's Rocky Three with Adrian's you murder. You never want to see Adrian's murder. That's why she just dies off screen yeah, after Rocky Five. I don't know. I, mean, I never I never particularly warmed to Adrian. And I watched Rocky really? Three and Four this last oh, week. Oh, but Adrian, we did it. <laughs> Adrian, we did yeah. it. Bang. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> what was that? A dying. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so it's Rocky Three with with Cloverland killing Adrian effectively, and mm. uh, and you know what? Despite the fact that you know that it's you know a very a cliche and the characters are paint by numbers, it's the writing by Kurt Sutter combined with Fuqua's direction, combined with the cast that you <sighs> Fuqua, have, films. Fuqua films, Fuqua films, that, that makes this a really successful Fuqua film, and. <laughs> I'm going to say it forever. It's a Fuqua film, man. One of a few Fuqua films. <laughs> see, this is why you're now going to be looking forward to London Has Fallen, so that you can tell. I was already looking forward to let's, it. Let's go and see that Fuqua film. Is, uh, that, is that a Fuqua film? He must be a producer now. He must I don't be a producer. It'll be a Fuqua film. But yeah, I really like the writing. I love the direction. I love the performances. And one thing I haven't touched on yet when we've talked about it is Rachel McAdams, who mm. effectively plays a likeable, real-world version of Tammy Lynn from Ted. <laughs> That's where she even kind of looks mm. like Jessica Borth from Ted. Yeah. Number three. Inside Out. Ted 2 isn't in the top ten anymore, didn't we? Didn't oh, notice. It's gone. No, it's it's gone. Inside, Inside Out, Out yeah. is in the top ten. It is, yeah. And you, you guys are all big fans. Big fans, yeah. Uh, I, I liked yeah. it very much as well. I think Amy Poehl is terrific. I think the whole voice cast are terrific. Yeah, really just well, really well, well chosen. Yeah. I, 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 Pixar are great for that, though. They're great for like working around the cast, finding the are. correct voice of a character. I do wish Bill Hader had slightly more to do. But yeah, uh, but other than that, I love Lewis Black being in a kids' animated film. I think that's <laughs> no, terrific. That's and I like really, Phyllis really Smith getting a bigger role. And yeah, yeah, because I didn't really know about her from uh, the US Office. That's it. I know. I, yeah. I know her from that, and because she's such a part of that cast. But uh, so, what else have we got? Number two. Okay, we got uh, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation, which uh, I really enjoyed. I enjoyed. I enjoyed you enjoyed. enjoyed. We all enjoyed. Yeah, everybody enjoyed. <laughs> and it's you know what? It's making its money in the US. It topped uh, Fantastic Four. And it kept Fantastic Four off the oh, number surprising. one. Surprising. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but no, mm. I, it's one of those films that yet again reminds you Tom Cruise really is a movie star. I don't know. And he likes to run. And he likes to do some running. Mm. He, uh, he'd be quite good with the cardio, it seems. But Rebecca <laughs> yeah. Ferguson is the the she undisputed. I think Absolutely. in that way that Charlize Theron stole uh, Mad Max a few months back, yeah. uh, Rebecca Ferguson does the same thing here, and she's a really great performer in this. Real, mm. she has that sort of grit, and yet at the same time the physicality. It's like uh, absolutely, yeah. I think it's a big kind of like like platform jumping off point for her. She's been sought for different films. I would love her to be uh, Miss Marvel. You think that would? It's either her or Brie Larson for me, but I don't really. Oh, yeah, well, Brie Larson. That. Or maybe what's 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 the chick from from Hunger Games and Game of Thrones? Uh, Natalie Dormer. Natalie Dormer. Um, yeah, I, I, they're, they're kind of like my three. I don't I think know. I'm allowed to speak about Natalie Dormer on, on radio because okay, yeah. there, there are rules about. Let's, let's move yeah. swiftly. On. Yeah. <laughs> number one and number one with a loud, rocky thud. <laughs> Fan four stick four. <laughs> Fan four stick four. Uh, Fantastic four. Which wow. Um, there have been. Signs for a long time that the comic book mm. bubble may be bursting. And yeah, writing's been on the wall. For the a writing while. has been on the wall. And basically, I think after Marvel have built the track record that they did with their specific Marvel Studios movies, we were due something that was going to really rock the boat. And to be honest with you, I thought Man of Steel was going to be. Have, mm. Coming out of Man of Steel for the first time, I thought that yeah. was the film that was going to really tip uh, the boat. People thought it was uh, going to be uh, the, uh, the Ant Man. And everyone then thought yeah. Ant Man. And I think. After having after having now seen how good Ant Man was in its its final form, yeah. it is surprising that Fantastic Four was turned out to be as poor as it is. The general consensus now appears to be that the first forty five minutes are great, and that at the one year later time jump point, which is exactly halfway in the film, yeah. it all then goes to hell, and that's the part that's been made by committee. Now, if that's you know actually what ha- what's happened, then perfectly fine, but everyone's at fault basically. Yeah. And there are more stories that come to light about Josh Trank, and oh, he's trying to get flatter performance out of yeah, the actors as like possible. Every every day, there seems to be new behind the scenes stories. So the latest one is him and Miles Teller nearly 
started to hit each other. That's the latest. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've, I, I, I would personally really love to hit Miles Teller. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to say that. 21 and over isn't funny. And but you were really good in Whiplash. <laughs> you had Whiplash. Really on my time. Here's <laughs> my Whiplash. I like him. I've, I, I don't have a problem with the cast. It's the dialogue and the direction. But to be honest, yeah, it's the dialogue and the direction. Oh, the Pla- Planet Zero. What, what even? What did that look like? It's just well, it's meant to be this like this incredible, fantastical place. And I, I went there. And... I've I've heard it best summed up as Planet Zero, Story Zero. With the latest film news and reviews, this is off screen. We're back. So, on to absolutely anything then, Mr. Allen. Yes, let's do it. So, uh, this is uh, Simon Pegg in the Terry Jones directed uh, comedy. And co-written. He's yeah. co-written as well. Co-written is, it? Did you know, oh, he's okay. not written a, a film, though. For uh, He's not uh, directed a film, sorry, for, for years, a long time now. Mm. Is it 20 years? I think it's 20 yeah, years. Yeah, he's not as prolific as, uh, as Terry Gilliam. Is he? <laughs> it would seem not. However, Terry Gilliam does also appear in the film, as do the John rest Cleese, of yeah. the um, surviving Monty. Palin, yeah. It is. It's the first time the entire surviving cast of Monty Python have been on screen together since 1983, since the wow. meaning of life, which means my, literally my lifetime. I was born in 83. Okay. So my right. lifetime, this is the first time they've first been on screen together, unless you count that tour they did a few months ago. But it was quite funny if you got to see that I on the big not, screen. It was good, it, but it was good. So I say, this is the story of Simon Pegg, who is an everyman sort of teacher slash writer, who is a little bit feckless. As, uh, as, <laughs> as Eddie Izzard points out at one point, you are without feck. You are feckless. You are without <laughs> feck. And, uh, I can only imagine. And he is on pulled that off uh, quite well. Um, and he is chosen at random to represent the human race when the Galactic Council of Aliens, who are these computer animated creatures with the voice of the Monty Python cast, decide that in order to determine whether or not Earth is to be inducted into the Council or eliminated entirely, um, they will grant godlike powers to a randomly selected human and see how they fare. Mm. It's almost Sarah Palin, but then the card flips at the last moment, and it's it's Simon Pegg. Now you can only that's, imagine that's a good that's a good game. Exactly, you that. can only imagine that wacky hijinks ensue, including bringing about the final on-screen appearance. Well, not so much on-screen appearance of uh, Robin Williams, of course, yeah, who provides the, the voice of the dog Dennis. Here's a clip. Dennis, what are you talking about? Actually, that is a really good point. What are you talking about, Dennis? Be able to speak. Biscuits. What? Biscuits. Maybe if I make her love me like a little bit, you know, not so much that she wants to marry me. For crying out loud, they're in the cupboard. What are? Biscuits. I'm not going to give you a biscuit until you answer my question. Biscuits. Red biscuits. Black biscuits. Is that all you think about? Biscuits. Please, please, please. Nothing else matters. Biscuits, please. All right. All right. Dennis, become a rational thinking creature. Look. I just can't concentrate on anything till I've had one of those biscuits. Dennis the dog there, who really likes biscuits, it seems. <laughs> so, right, okay, I really wanted this to be good. There's so much that you can sell this film on. And to be honest, there was sort of there were warning signs with it when, when this film wasn't mass-marketed to an unbelievable degree. Mm. You've got the Monty Python element. You've got the... Uh, Robin Williams' You've got the Robin Williams on screen performance. You've got those two elements in time. Yeah. It's, it's a year this week since Robin Williams died. Of course, as yeah. Well. And, you, and so you think, okay, maybe that was 
those intentions as to why they've released it that week. In which case, why not make more of a celebration of Robin Williams out of it? And then you see the film and you realise why. It's not particularly very good. It's very, very average at best. Mm. And, uh, say, Simon Pegg is... <laughs> It's just doing the Simon Pegg thing again. Is mm. is there an actor less deserving of a leading role career than Simon Pegg? I mean, short of his collaborations with Edgar Wright, he has no real sort of does nothing as to a lead, give yeah. as a lead. You look at films like Big Nothing and How to Make Friends and Alienate People, and I think there was only the Fantastic Fear of Everything, which was any any good really. Um, yeah, I do know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I watched uh, uh, Hector's Search for Happiness recently. Yeah, he's not yeah, a lead no, at not all. Really. He is a supporting character. I would say he's good as like a co-lead. That's like it. Say. Co-lead, co-lead or, part of a yeah. big like ensemble, like the Mission Impossible films. Exactly. The Mission Impossible Where, works because he is the sidekick and that yeah. is part well, of the Well, he's not quite supporting. He is quite... Yeah, yeah. especially the last one. Yeah. yeah, and that works fine, but he, it, this does nothing to further... That agenda mm. whatsoever, and you've got a supporting cast who don't really seem to, you know, fare much better. You've got Kate Beckinsale who's recycling both her <laughs> performance and her role from Click. You've got Sanjeev Baskar who's doing the token best friend role, which is you start thinking. So Nick Frost was presumably busy this day, yeah. and uh, you know, it's, it's just really. Oh, and then there's Rob Riggle. Rob Riggle, Rob, Rob Riggle turns up as a U.S. Army Colonel for some reason. I. Well, Rob Riggle was in the U.S. Army. I know he was yeah. in the U.S. Army, but you you do find yourself wondering, like, what, what what is the need in this plot other than to provide a third act resolution, it it, it and maybe sell it to Americans? I don't know, mm. but uh, it doesn't quite work. And then you've got a brilliant supporting cast, who, a brilliant sort of uh, who's who of cameo. Sorry, not supporting cameo cast, which is Joanna Lumley, Eddie Izzard. Uh, Mira Sayal and they Love don't Mira Sayal. And they don't fare much better Eddie Izzard yeah. gets the best moments in the film but mm. we are talking about literally two or three moments I mean hence the you know you are feckless you are without feck sort of that's, a moment that's a good line so I say what you're left with is a film that just isn't really funny it's got like four just a or bit five yeah, it's yeah. four or five good laughs the the Robin Williams as Dennis the dog thing that stays does, does that work that stays relatively funny throughout that stays as funny as you think it is from the trailer mm. But it is. I mean, I'd say as well for a film rated twelve A, this has so many f bombs. It's got it, a dirty mouth. It has a really. And you saw thinking, what, were the BBFC on holiday that day? <laughs> is this some intern who's manning the, the only intern left man in the office who's rated this? Because mm. what? I mean, there were children in the screening I was in. Okay. And you know, but and that's the problem as well because it betrays its principle of being this great sort of you know all round surrealistic family fun adventure movie, which it really could have been. It could have filled that void of you know mm. films like Drop Dead Fred that we used to get in the early nineties, a surrealistic sort of fantasy yeah. in the real. We are severely lacking those kind of films. We are lacking those kind yeah, of films. Absolutely. And because everything's twelve A now, we live in this culture that lacks mm. PG films, which is what this should have been. And it's just not as funny as you want it to be. And it's very, very average as a result. And it's the kind of film that, you know, back when we had DVD shelves, when we had blockbuster branches, you know, you could understand this film would find its audience. It's a Friday night, you get it. When you've gone to Domino's, pick up a DVD on the way home kind of thing. It's, it was that sort of film. And you forget about it by, you know, the next day when you returned it. You probably wouldn't even remember which DVD you were returning, that kind of film. You could literally retitle this, Resume Watching. And, and, and that would fit just as well because that's the only way you'd remember what it is because every time you selected it you would oh, yeah, resume, resume watching. watching because you're watching it in six parts while you're doing other things yeah. it's just not a very good film and it has literally galactic potential 
but literally galactic potential yeah. all wasted. Some film news mm. then, Mr. Allen, to keep us going. So That's we, a little bit we, more. We did have film news, and then my, my iPad decided to die on us for some reason. Okay. So, is, uh, it, is it come back to life? It has come back to life. Oh, oh, Scorsese and DiCaprio are teaming up again. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> for number six, I have heard about this. This is, yeah. it is The Devil in the White City, which is going to be the story of That's the such first... a Scorsese title, it is, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. But this is going to be the story of the first serial killer. Mm. To which you think, oh, oh, DiCaprio, please tell me you're the killer. Please tell yeah. me. That would be awesome. Because they, they make a good pair, those two. Well, yeah, definitely. They really do. I mean, it'll never win an Oscar. But... <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. I'm waiting for, for uh, The Revenant to come out. Uh, I, I, you I know, know. I, I'll tell you something. DiCaprio is going to be like Scorsese himself, which is he's just going to get to a certain like decade in his career where they're like, just yeah. give him, just give him. He's going to make something yeah. like The Departed, where it's going to be really good, but it's not going to be something like you know, Goodfellas or, yeah. It's going to be like it's going to be like 2045's equivalent of Blood Diamond and everyone's just like <laughs> yeah. just give Good DiCaprio right. an Oscar that, that accent was like. kind of okay it was okay we'll tolerate it but yeah. he needs an Oscar enough with him and Meryl Streep every year now um, yeah. he's <laughs> one of us can become like like this generation's uh, Peter O'Toole isn't he it's true yeah. but Leonardo DiCaprio is Meryl Streep but he never wins but never that, wins that's basically yeah. 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 nominated every time never Always wins so, oh, Aaron Eckhart has a new job. Have you heard this one? I have not. Aaron Eckhart has joined uh, Tom Hanks in the Clint Eastwood oh, no, Miracle on the Hudson movie. Yeah, yeah. So he's the, the Sully movie. Sully, yeah. Which, captain Sully. Because yeah. Tom Hanks just needs to be every single captain. This, now, this is he? it, yeah. But, yeah. you know, I am the captain now. That's, that's the rule. I would love Aaron Eckhart to say that. I want Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be so good. That would be great. That'd I be like Aaron Eckhart, man. Tom, Tom, I'm the captain now. <laughs> I'm Tom. not Tom Jane. <laughs> Because that must be the, the worst part of Aaron Eckhart's life, telling people he isn't Thomas Jane. Jane. Mortal Kombat. You know that movie's coming? You know the, the, the reboot of Mortal Kombat? reboot of Mortal Kombat now? Did you ever see Mortal Kombat Legacy? Yeah, I had that misfortune. Did you? I liked that. Yeah, I liked that was a really interesting sort of reimagining of the Mortal Kombat universe, kind of set it in the modern world. And, uh, well, it's now going to be uh, made into a big screen movie. It was going to uh, be made by the guy behind the uh, the web series, but he has stepped aside now and he's allowing James Wan to produce it. So, you know, James wow. one of the busy, yeah, of busy course, schedule. Yeah. Cause he got, has just so many... He's got Aquaman now. He's directing yeah, Aquaman. That's his Aquaman next big... And, uh... Next big job, yeah. He has. I mean, he seems to have come out. He came from low budget horror, and he's really cleaning house. Yeah, and he's really. Fair, if, if you've got to start with anything, Saw is a, the first Saw is a pretty good jumping off point. Yeah, you you got to give him that. It was yeah. a, it was such a good little film for Saw. It changed a lot of. It, it little, is strange to, see, to genre, think of yeah. you know, the, the change of direction the whole genre got because of that one movie. But then another six sort of films later, you're just like, come yeah. on, man. See, Saw was good, and I think Hostel came along and kind of ruined it for everyone. And... Yeah, well, it's just Eli Roth. And yeah, Jay was Eli Roth, and yeah. nobody's grateful for having Eli Roth. <laughs> so... Except the one person who likes uh, film uh, Knock Knock. Yes, the one person who likes Knock Knock, mm. exactly. Oh, uh, Tom Hardy is uh, going to produce and star in 100 Bullets, which is the adaptation of the noir comic. Yeah. That, that one could be quite interesting that as well. Good, yeah. And, oh, Zac Efron again. Zac Efron is now officially yeah. going to, he's in talk, sorry, to star with Dwayne Johnson in, in an R-rated comedic <laughs> reboot of Baywatch. To which you think, okay, you know what, if you can make 22 jump, 21 and 22 Jump mm. Street work, why couldn't you do Baywatch? With Dwayne Johnson, yeah, this could be awesome. It's going to do really, really well. It re- I mean, it's going to make the money, isn't it? It's yeah. got those two in it. Have they announced who's going to be making it? Who's going to direct it? Yeah, I don't think they have. 
As far as I know, I don't Probably going to be Brad Payton, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne Johnson's involved. Brad Payton? Yeah, yeah. exactly. That could work. That's it. Or uh, who's, who's the guy that did uh, the second G.I. Joe? John M. Chu. Who did oh, the yeah. G.I. Yeah. Joe 2. Get you. Yeah. John Chu, G.I. Joe 2. There we are. Well, we've been looking forward to this one, as, we as have, you know. Yeah. Since, so this, like, last week when we since saw last it. Week. Well, in my case, a couple oh, of you months. You saw it a while ago. Oh, you, you lucky... Lucky guy. No, yeah. no, not lucky. Because imagine seeing a film that you really, really love, oh, but you yeah, weren't you can't allowed, talk to, about weren't allowed it, yeah. to talk about it for months. I got to write the review like the week after. Okay. That was fine, but mm. you know. Well, that just shows how how much we love this film, how fun it was. So, Trainwreck, yeah. which is the latest Judd Apatow movie. No mm. one, it's not really being advertised on that strangely. Well, because it's it's not when you. I mean, he's it's he's not. directed it. Yeah. Judd Apatow yeah. directed. It's being written by Amy Schumer. It stars Amy Schumer. Yeah, it's really her. Kind of vehicle, isn't it? It is, isn't it? So this is the story of Amy, imaginative uh, name creation there, uh, who is a uh, New York-based magazine editor, magazine editor, magazine writer. She's a writer, yeah. Who has serious commitment issues uh, Mm. stemming from a childhood conversation with her father, which literally opens the movie. And uh, she and her sister, played by Brie Larson, have grown up to lead very, very different lives as a result. Brie Larson, whom we we all tug at our heartstrings for because she's so lovable. Um, Brie Larson has gone off to do the marriage and kids sort of route, and Amy has grown up to basically enjoy drink, drugs, and casual sex. So clearly, Amy is the one you wanted a party, and not Brie Larson. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't, I don't, I don't Brie Larson. You, you, you still, you still want Brie Larson to turn up at a party. I know, but all of this uh, quickly finds itself upended when Amy encounters a sports doctor played by Bill Hader, whom she's interviewing for a magazine article, and the pair begin what Amy sees as a casual relationship at first, but soon has to reassess her sort of commitment-free lifestyle as the relationship becomes more and more serious. Here is a clip of the morning after, effectively, when Dr. Hader is phoning Amy. Oh my god, he's calling. Why would he call? You guys just had sex. It's probably a mistake. It's, yeah. it's a mistake. He's, he's butt-dialing you. Hello? Oh, hey there, it's, it's Aaron. Oh, uh, this is Amy. I think you butt-dialed me. No, no, I, I, I dialed you with my fingers. What's she saying? What's she saying? Shh. He called me on purpose. Hang up. He's obviously, like, sick or something. So he's do- um, yeah, what's up? I was calling to say I had a really good time last night. I was wondering if you wanted to um, hang out again. Will you say that again, please? I was wondering if I could see you again. You know what? I'm going to call the police. So you and I are both Bill Hader fans, as you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And time. I'm a big Amy Schumer fan. I don't know about you, yourself. Well, I've only just started to watch a couple of the clips of her show, uh, Inside Amy Schumer, which is very good. Well, weirdly, you can't repeat the, even the names of some of the sketches on no. radio because <laughs> some really grim ones. Supposed um, to say they are, they are good. Her, her TV work is terrific. I think it's, it's, it's what's been referred to as subversive feminism, and it's mm. not hard to see why. Now that doesn't necessarily translate to the to the big screen here. No, it's somewhat more dialed down, a little bit more generic. But she has just enough personality to make it a lot of fun. She pulls it off. We laughed ourselves, sense. Some good we did, times. Yeah. Good times were had by good all. Good times had by all, indeed, sir. I'm just saying. Yes. So, any favorite aspects of this for you? Because I, I loved. I thought the dialogue was great. I thought Apatow took a step back and directed this sort of very straight, without any of his own. Yeah, influence. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed his his approach to it. He just let his star kind of work. Um, I really did like uh, LeBron James. Love John Cena. <laughs> um, John Cena is John Cena makes such great, a splash. Yeah. It's such a small role, and he's great. You know? mm. I loved it. Both of them. Both of them are really great. He is physically terrifying, especially whilst the first nude time you see him. And, first time yeah. you properly see him. Yeah, it's 
It's quite an eyeful, isn't it? We should single out Tilda Swinton as well, who is just unrecognisable and yet brilliant. You, um, you like, texted me after you saw this, this film, and you were like, I did not know that she was in this. Yeah. You watched the entire film, laughed at all her parts, didn't know it was her. Well, that's it. I mean, I, I think Amy Schumer is uh, funnier, for instance, than Lena Dunham, but this is, effectively, for Amy Schumer, what Girls was for Lena Dunham. This is the big breakthrough. This is the big global sort of, yeah. this is me, look, I'm here, over here. No, you've not been noticing my other stuff, but hi. But look at this, yeah. And uh, I say, I, I think, I actually think it's Apatow's best film. And I know I'm I probably alone in yeah. that. Well, I, I I've, I've actually been re-watching some of the Apatows. Mm. Um I remember enjoying uh, Funny People. I rewatched it the other day, and I wasn't too hot on it. And um, I would say this, this is definitely up over like Forty Year Old Virgin. I would say. That. I think yeah. so. But Forty Year Old Virgin for me that falls falls apart towards the end as it feels it's very become, long. Yeah, as it becomes yeah. more plotty, that falls apart. Mm-hmm. This sort of works for me because it, it it's consistent throughout. Mm. And uh, I, I gained a whole new respect for the next uh, next cheer, cheerleading squad as a, as a result of this film. <laughs> <laughs> they're athletes, you know. Case okay, okay. they're, oh, they're athletes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she's for me. She's the breakthrough. Amy Schumer is the breakthrough star of the year because of this. Mm. And uh, I think pretty, pretty, the title is almost ironic in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. um, if you've seen enough of Inside Amy Schumer, the series, um, there, there are some sketches that do get sort of recycled for use here in a little bit of a watered-down form. But, you know what? It's a really funny, really sort of mm. interesting and, and sort of charming film in a way as well. It's it's not a sh- The film isn't ashamed to be daring when it needs to, which I quite like about it. Mm. I like that too. Surprisingly, for a female-driven comedy, it's got a lot of balls. So we should, we should plug the competitions we've, we we've got should, probably yeah. should, yeah. We've, we've got loads of stuff to give away. Loads of stuff loads. we've still got on there. There's the there's the Everly DVD giveaway. And this is all mm. on onscreenfilm.com. You go on there, you go on our competitions yeah. uh, section. Enter as many times. Enter. They don't tell people that because they actually do it. And I get six entries from the same guy named Tim. And uh, Listen to me. Don't listen to Van. <laughs> it's all a conspiracy. <laughs> it's all a conspiracy to keep the competition with us <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> But uh, no, so we've got the Everly DVD and uh, we've got uh, Fantastic Four sets to give away. Which if is you really want that stuff. With the t shirts and the flash drives and things. And of course, uh, starting tomorrow, uh, on Monday, we've got, uh, sorry, Monday the 17th, hmm. we've got uh, Sinister 2 sets to give away. These are these are quite intriguing as well, actually. Oh, yeah? These include a heat activated mug, a mini okay. camera key ring, which that, that's kind of intriguing, isn't oh, it? That, camera, yeah. camera key ring, uh, retro radio. A DVD copy of the first Sinister and a fitted T-shirt. So no bagginess for you, Mister. No. You'd, uh, you'd be fitted in this. I'll be fitted. For but sure. I'm, I'm intrigued by uh, a cam- mini camera keyring. Really? Is it like one of those? It's like an old school projector, and you press the button. It's like an LED light. I, I don't know. I used to have one. Like, they are they're very cool. I, I don't know. But mm. if you want, we want a chance to win any of the stuff. Just go along to onscreenfilm.com and comp- go in our competition section. All on there for you. Mm. So what have we got? To, we've got to pick a film of the week at some point. Uh, well, let's say Trainwreck. I'm going with Trainwreck. Yeah. I am, because if I'm going to watch anything again off this of the be, whole list, it'd be Trainwreck. Well, I'm going to watch Man from Uncle again this week. I'm going to watch it in IMAX. Ah, okay. I, I didn't get to see it in IMAX, actually. I just saw it in a regular. You saw it regularly? Yeah. I, I saw, saw it regular. But I would see Trainwreck again, because I really enjoyed it. I really yeah. sort of warmed I'm to I'm sure there's a lot of jokes that just kind of passed me by, just because I was laughing so hard. It's I, one of those films, you're laughing so hard that you just... Yeah, I think so. I think it's quite quite possible. But also, it does have the most random Matthew Broderick cameo ever. 
And yeah, it's never really explained. It's never, it's just... never explained. Why does he know LeBron James? Yeah, yeah why does yeah why yeah. are Matthew Broderick and LeBron James in the same even building, let alone room? <laughs> same room I, yeah. I, have, I have no idea. But uh, okay, so ne- next week um, mm. we've got some uh, some interesting ones. Next week, next week we finally it's a diverse get, uh, week. Yeah. It's a very diverse week, isn't it? Well, next week we've got um, vacation uh, coming up. Yeah. Which is uh, this one's been sort of a long time coming. This is Ed Helms, oh, wow, yeah. uh, the Ed Helms reboot of the National Lampoon's Vacation series. Mm. Uh, we've got Paper Towns, which is the latest John, John Green, Green yeah. adaptation. This is the Cara Delevingne uh, controversial interview sort of a mm. thing. Cassie's giving us the thumbs down. I think she likes Cara she's, Delevingne. She's not a fan. Do you, do you not like her eyebrows, or do you just don't like anything? No, no, nothing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack Whitehall brings the bad <laughs> education to the big screen with Cassie, the bad what education. Cassie, you think about Jack Whitehall? No, nothing. No. no. Okay. Uh, the bad education movie that's uh, uh Escobar Paradise Lost starring Benicio del Toro, <laughs> yeah. greatest casting ever. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we've got Oh Pressure, the Danny Houston submarine movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> is it uh, uh, Matthew Good? It is Matthew Good who has that ironic surname because he seems yeah. to star in really middling or bad movies. Apart from Stoker. But I like Stoker very much. I in fact Stoker was like my second best film of the year in like 20 20- 13, I think, something like that. It's, I think it's 2013. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. He was good in that. He did oh, also star in Leapy Ear, though. Let's just <laughs> never forget yeah. that. Leapy Ear. And mm. see, what else have we got next week? So we got Paper Towns. Oh, Sinister 2, of course. That's next week. Mm. Uh, we just plugged the competition, as you just heard. We did. We were in the competition. That, but that's Shannon Sossamon is in Sinister 2. Really? Do, you, do you remember her? Yeah. Remember when Shannon Sossamon was a thing? Mm. Like, that, that was Great like Night's Tale, and, mm. and was it 40 Days and 40 Nights? And. No. Oh yeah, yeah, she, that was the yeah, one. Oh, I'm yeah. getting forty days and forty nights confused with six days and seven nights. The Harrison Ford <laughs> and Hayes rom-com. Yeah, David Schwimmer. He's in that. Yeah, yeah he's in that. Well. And of course, we've got the documentary The Wolf Pack, which mm. is about the family from New York. And uh, it's going to be an interesting and very diverse week next yeah. week, I think. So, well, all that's to, to come and more mm. next week yeah. off screen. So, this has been a Candy Store production for On Screen. I've been Van Conner. My name has been Case Allen, and we'll be back next week. Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com.